Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, so Luke's Gospel chapter 22. Share a couple of things with you this morning. Luke 22, verse 31, we started a new series called Sifted. And uh, today I titled this message, Finding Your Heart. And uh, uh, this is going to kind of tie in with some of what I prayed, but, but you'll see why I wanted to pray that first because, um, this, this kind of goes along with it. Um, but Luke 22 and verse 31, I'm going to read this and then we'll get started. Okay. So Simon, Simon, behold, this is what Jesus is talking to Simon Peter. Okay. So he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Now you can think about why is prayer so important? Well, if Jesus is praying for Peter. If Jesus is praying for us today and he tells us we need to pray, it's important. You may not understand why. I don't understand all the ins and outs. I, I really don't. I just know that when I pray, I feel better, first of all, spiritually. I'm not talking about feelings, my physical. I'm talking about spiritually. I, I sense God more when I pray. Whatever reason why, it's our communication with God. This is what he asks us to do. He said, I pray for you that your faith may not fail because when you're going through testing and, and difficult seasons... It gets weary. And you, when you have once turned again, strengthen your brothers. So we talked about this last week. You can go back and watch it. But Simon went through a very difficult season of sifting. He denied the Lord three times. And then he also returned to the Lord. And the Lord, after his resurrection, confirmed to him and said, Listen, Simon, do you love me? Yes, three different times. In a way to signify to him, Listen, Simon, I understand you denied me three times. But I'm going to show you my grace is more than enough for you and more than sufficient. I'm asking now, do you, do you, are you coming back now? And he understood what that meant. And so when he returned, what did Peter do? After the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, Peter basically is the guy that stood up and 3,000 people are saved because of his what? Returning, and he has strengthened the brothers and sisters ever since and throughout your Bible. So Peter, he had got this sifting, and the idea of sifting, it carries it with this trials in, in, in different difficulties and things like that that come against you. And you can go later here last week, we talked about it as to why. I'm not going to get all that today, but you just need to understand that all of us will go through it eventually in some point in time. And what I've noticed is this. Now, I want you to pay very close. You don't hear anything else I hear, hear me say. Listen to this first. Um, I have noticed my own stuff. I don't need data. I'm a pastor, okay? I, you can give me all those little data polls you want to give me, but I'm telling you, I, I have data. I know when I get around, I see things. As a pastor, I, you may not see it the same way I see it, but when I start seeing enough marriages having trouble, when I start seeing people having great anxiety, when I start seeing a lot of fear, and I start seeing it so much so that you can almost change a name, same issue. I'm telling you, it, it is things going on, and we can act like it's not, and this, if you want to deny it, you, you can, but, you know, you know, I'll also go through my head as Finding Nemo right now. I don't know why, but maybe that fish is like, no, I don't eat fish or friends. Anyway, so <laughs> denial, you know, you remember the shark? Anyway, sorry, I got, I got young kids, you know, one's older. She's probably like, dad, I can't believe you said that, but uh, squirrel, sorry. But you can say denial all you want, but the reality is I, I'm seeing it so much so now that I'm realizing, okay, you know, we don't need to ignore it. What we need to do is address it and deal with it. So... Um, if we're not careful, things pile up, and before long, um, we're fighting over salt shakers. Don't even know why. You know, in marriage, if you start fighting over your salt shaker, 
you understand it's not the salt shaker you're mad about. It's really not. It's not socks on the floor, salt shakers, or who didn't put fuel in the car at the last. It, it is not that. There's other things going on that's been building and building and building. And if you're fighting over a salt shaker, listen, it, you got to understand there's something deeper that's going on, right? So sifting, the idea of where it affects, it all starts with the heart. It all starts with the heart. And so um, if we're not careful, we can actually lose our hearts in this process of sifting. The pressure comes at you so great. The, the problems hit you. This, this idea of the, it feels like we're on, uh, what do you call it? Groundhog Day, right? Oh, 2022 is going to be, oh, it's over. Everything's over. Oh, and here comes the transformer version of the, the, whatever the virus thing, you know, the Omicron. That's what I call it, the transformer. It sounds like a transformer to me. It's like, it's like, you just can't be left alone, right? It's like, you just, can we just get one, one week where just, I just want nothing crazy happening. And so it builds. And then what happens is people are mad. So I read an article just the other day. It's in a retail store. Guy goes in, promised by sale. This product will be on sale for you, and we have them. I don't remember what the product was. He goes in, young teenager or, you know, maybe college student. She's working in the retail at the, the counter space, whatever. He says, I want this product. And she says, I'm sorry we were sold out. Well, you can understand why they would sell out. If you put something on sale, your chance of selling out is going up. They sold out. Now, any other time, that might have been just a normal day. But this brother decides he's going to get so angry, he wants to talk to the manager. Man, we're sorry, we sold out. We got nothing. What do, you, what do you want us to do? We sold out. He gets mad and throws things. Pitches a temper tantrum like a two-year-old, throwing stuff at the girl. And I thought, you know, now what if that had been my girl? One of my daughters working in retail, and here this guy gets all, and throwing the whatever he's found. Do you... How would I react? My first thought is, I might not be chaplain anymore for the police department. <laughs> That's my first thought. Probably wouldn't be a good, re- but I'm just being honest. How would you respond? You know, we'd love to say, well, how can we figure it out? I mean, if it didn't hurt, if it's he threw a t-shirt at her, okay, well, you know, you explain some stuff. But if he's throwing something physically to hurt somebody, and this is going on everywhere. People get mad because they can't get french fries at the, at the drive-thru. And pick up a Coca-Cola and throw it at the window and splatter everybody. It's just ridiculous. But I'll tell you what it is. It's caused multiple things. Pancake. And in the process, we are, we are, forget, we are losing this because of everything around us. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Um, I was watching this documentary. I got this from this book called Sifted and uh, this story I never read. I didn't even know this guy. But um, he was a sailor. And uh, I got a little clip I want to show you right here. If you guys don't mind playing this, I want you to watch this. This is a boat. Of of of, uh, of it's called the Coyote, and it's a boat designed by a guy named Mike Plant. Now, this boat, if you see the bottom of this, see how that bullet-looking thing at the end of the bottom? This is a sailboat. I know nothing about sailing. I've never sailed a boat. Don't care to sail a boat. It looks like too much work. My idea of getting on a boat is a cruise ship. <laughs> That's my kind of sailing right there, baby. Uh, propulsion and everything is done for you. I love it. And they feed you. It's great. But this thing on the bottom is called, uh, I think it's called a ballast maybe or something like that. This thing down here weighs over 8,000 pounds. The reason it weighs over 8,000 pounds is because the top of that mast is 80-something feet high, and it's heavy. And when you're on the ocean, the currents and the winds are pushing that thing hard. And so, therefore, you have to have enough weight under the boat to keep the boat upright. Make sense? 
Seems crazy to me, 8,000 pounds seems like a lot of weight to be putting on the water in a sailboat, and he's going to sail across the world. So he sets out to do this. He designed the boat. He designed the thing. They, they built it. And he gets out there, and he's out, um, I forget how many thousand miles out, whatever. He's making his way across, and they lose radio contact with him. He's off course. And the last uh, recorded transmission they have with him is a freight liner that goes by, and he says, I've lost power, but I'm working on the problem. Hey, please tell my fiance everything's okay. Last transmission they ever get from him. They finally find his boat sometime later. I think it's uh, 300-something miles from that location. When they find his sailboat, the sailboat is upside down. The mast is fully deployed, some 80-something feet stuck in the frigid waters where they found him. Nothing's wrong with the boat. There's no damage. The only thing they see that's wrong is that ballast that was on the bottom is gone. And so, any, so when you lost that 8,000-pound weight at the bottom, all that weight at the top, it just, cap, it just flipped the boat over. There's no control anymore because there's nothing in the bottom to keep it grounded. And one of the things that a guy uh, uh, that was teaching some of this stuff to us before, I'd never, I really didn't realize he was going to kind of come up with it. He's wrote a number of different books and different things. Won't get into all that stuff right now, but he's a great pastor out in San Diego. Um, but he says it this way. He says, there must be more weight beneath the waterline than above it. There must be more weight beneath the water line than above it. So in other words, when the, when the, when the problems are coming against the cells of your life, you will, the problems, issues, trials, issue, difficulties, when they're coming at you and they come at all of us, do they not? Of course they do. You're not immune because you're a Christian. You probably will get more of it. So because good news, right? So here you go. It, it's coming at you. If you don't have something under the boat that's weighty enough to hold your vessel steady in a storm, you're not going to be able to stand. You're, it's going to turn over. So you've got to have more weight underneath, and that's right here. And so that's why the Bible tells us this in Proverbs 4.23, to guard your heart. For out of your heart, I'm going to say it this way, protect your heart. Now I want you to think about protect your heart. Uh, the idea would be, look, I've got a 6-year-old. What do I do? I protect her. I've got an 11-year-old. I protect her. A 15-year-old, I still protect her. Probably will forever. They're my kids, right? You protect your heart, Proverbs 4.23, it says, this is New American Standard, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence, or protect your heart, or guard your heart. And it says, with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. With all diligence means you've got to get after that. You understand what I'm saying? You have to, with all diligence means you can't, you can't take time off with this. You can't ignore what's going on in here. When you start fighting over salt shakers, that means you don't have enough weight under the water. You got more weight up top than you do underneath. If you're getting tore up about stuff that really shouldn't matter. Okay, they overcooked your hamburger at the store. Okay, understand the majority of the fast food industry right now, for the most part, many of our new employees, they're on job, the training right now. Get over it. It's a stinking hamburger. Right? Y'all get what I'm saying, right? Why well, didn't get fresh French fries? Okay, be nice if you need fresh French fries. I mean, they, they're all filled with grease anyway. The, the more dry they are, probably better for you. I don't know. <laughs> Take them back in there and be nice. Be nice. Everybody say, be nice. Because nice. as much as you feel right now in here, 
they feel the same thing. And the last thing they need is some snarky Christian to walk into their place of business and get an attitude with them and add one more wind on their sail. Come on, we need to have more under the bottom of the boat. Let us be the example right now. How you do it? Guard your heart. Protect your heart. Because when things happen, though, you can lose your way uh, during these setbacks and trials. If I was asking you, and I prayed this while I go, and I really wouldn't plan on praying that, but I, now you'll see why. If I were to ask you right now, how's those dreams going that you got? How's that goal going that you set? That vision, that plan, that thing you put in motion, how's that going right now? And then I were to ask you this question. If it's not going the way that you planned, is God still enough? Is he still enough? It's a good question, don't you think? I thought it was too. I wrote it down. I come up with that, but I just still thought it was good. But one of the reasons we have to guard our hearts is because God resides there. And it's the old age old question. This, this is the question I keep, I'm hearing more of this. Well, if, if God's good and God's, why do bad things happen to good people? Why doesn't God do something about this? You know, why doesn't God fix this for me? Let me ask you a question. Is God still enough? If he don't fix your stuff, is he still enough? Like if he doesn't change that thing that's going on right now, is he still enough? I prayed 400 times and still I hadn't done it. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, three times I came before the Lord and asked him this thing to leave me alone. And the Lord said unto me, Paul, my grace. Oh, yeah, but we love to talk about grace, but not like this, do we? Oh, my grace is what? Baby, listen to me. There's more under here than you even know right now. If you just tap into the resources that's under here, that's what's on the inside of you right now. Listen, man, my grace is sufficient for you. And when I am weak, Paul said, that is when I am what? Strong. But as long as I project strength and I act like I got everything together, then you on your own, big daddy. But if you act, well, you say, God, I can't do this. I just don't know what he says. Mm, now I can help you. Come on, you can do one of two things. You can project strength or you can say, I'm, I'm weak right now. God, help me. But if all of these are valid questions, but if the truth be known, they come from a disappointment with God. God, why don't you fix it? God, why didn't you? Why hadn't you? But is he still enough? Job had the security enough in his faith to say, and I'm not saying you build a doctrine off of Job. I'm just saying he has security enough to say, even if he were to slay me, yet will I trust him. Man, we were singing in worship, and I just started thinking about, man, all the years I've been serving God, and we, we were singing, I don't remember the song, you know, I get lost in the lyrics and whatever, I forget the name, I make up stuff sometimes, but, so we're worshiping God, and I'm sitting there listening and, and, and worshiping to this song, and for some reason I just started to remember back, you know, when, when you first come to Christ, you don't think about much else. You're not worried whether or not you got the new car, you don't even care whether or not... You get a house, a dog, or anything else. You don't worry about anything like that. You're not worried about the job. I mean, you just, you're doing it, you're working it, but you know what your heart is towards? The Lord. And you pray crazy, nutty prayers. And you do stuff like somebody like a Jenna who would come up and say, God, if you want to send me, I'll go. You pray, now, you serve God for a little bit, you go like, well, I don't know if I pray that now. I don't know if I want to go some of those places, but you used to. We used to say, God was enough. And I'm asking this morning, is God still enough? So with Peter, the guy who was sifted more than anybody, let me read you what Peter says. First Peter 2 and verse 21, 
He says, for you've been called for this purpose. This is 1 Peter, not 2, but 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. He said, you've been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, uh, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Who, Jesus, committed no sin, nor is any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, that means to be abused, physically and verbally, he did not abuse in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you've been healed. For you are continually straying like sheep. But watch what Peter says. But now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. You could say this way, your heart. You can tell when there's a disconnect between your heart and God. You can sense it. You can feel it. And what Peter found out was, man, I, can, I may drift. I may get, but if I, if, I, if I just go back and say, you know what? I've got to have more under the water than above it. I return back to the shepherd, to the guardian of my soul. The scripture says to guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because you're going to have to watch over your heart. It's the truth. You know, I tell my kids this. I have certain guardrails up for them right now. But they're only for a season. You know, my, my girls are getting older. And so right now, what am I doing? I'm building that weight under the, under the water for them. And I'm showing them why. They don't understand everything why. Sometimes they think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too strict. And their friends sometimes say, oh, your dad, he's a pastor. That's why you're strict. It's not because I'm a pastor. You know, I, I look, I work on, well, I can't work on a car. But if I could, and that's what I did, I would be the same way as I am now. I tell my kids all the time, we don't do what we do because we're pastors. You can kick that title down the road, bounce it on down the street all you want to. I'm not doing what I do because I'm a pastor. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd be here right now sitting in one of those seats listening to somebody preach. Because I'm not in this for a title. I'm not in it for accolades. I'm not in it for applause. I'm not in it for any of that stuff. I did it because I said one of them stinking crazy prayers. God, I do whatever you want me to do. That's how I got in the mess I'm in right now. But we don't do what we do because we're pastors. I tell my kids all the time, no, we serve Jesus. Jesus Christ, you have no, I, I try to break down, and it's so hard for them to understand because they have no idea, have no idea, and they can't comprehend what the Lord did for me. They have no idea what great loss and, and vast void was in my heart and how Jesus filled it. And I refuse to allow this world to take any more ground. I, I don't care anymore about what they're saying, what they're publicizing. What they, I don't care because I can't figure it out. It's, it's too much. I don't care. I'll do the best I can with what I got. But I don't care. Anymore. The world's not getting more in my sails than I got underneath the water. If I get if, if news is getting five minutes, then I can certainly pray five minutes. See what I'm saying? I refuse to give the world any more wind in my sails. And so, <clears throat> I just want to say this to you this morning. If, if you're in a season right now where you've gone through a difficulty, or the pressures of the last year or so, it's just, they just kind of added up. And you just feel like, you know, <laughs> if they burn my french fries one more time, <laughs> like, I'm going to lose it. If, you, if you're at that point where you feel like, man, I, I just felt like there's more coming against my cells than I got underneath that can handle it right now. And we've all been there. It's, don't be ashamed of it. 
But just acknowledge it. Don't hide it from the Lord because he already knows you anyway. Don't close your heart off to God and back like you're so strong, you, you know, you got it all figured out. Now be the time to open your heart to God. And to say, oh Lord, um, I'm really overwhelmed right now. This stuff is going on around me. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I really, it's pushed me over the edge. I really need you, Lord, right now to, to fill my heart and to help me and show me how to create more weight underneath the stuff that's going on around me than what's coming at me right now. But only the first way to start is to open our heart back up. And so this morning, what I would love to do is, is I, I want to share some other things, but I really don't feel like, I feel like this is the part to stop and just, and just pray over and, and, uh, and say one last thing about this. Um, you know, our theology is a bit complex. Wouldn't you agree? I think we all agree with that. <clears throat> when I first came to Christ, I was going to Bible college and everything else. Oh, man, you know, I thought, I'm bulletproof. Don't mess up me. Like, I got flocks of angels. Just, oh, we got chickens. That don't make sense. Uh, I got, <laughs> I got legions of angels. All right, how about that? Sur- I mean, everywhere I go, man, I would, I'm not even going to dash my toe against a stone. And then, you know, I've dashed my toe against a few stones. I thought, you know, where was them angels at? What about that, you know? Our theology gets a little complex, does it not? We all all agree it does. The word is true no matter what we experience in life. Circumstances come, circumstances go. I can't can't build my life on circumstances. I only need to build it on his word. That's it. That's all I have. That's all I have. But I will tell you this morning, if the circumstances are coming at you and things are coming at you. I'm not telling you to accept the circumstances. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand me. All I'm saying is to accept God. Just accept God. Just accept God. Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Paul, you know, I'm ready to die even for the cause of Christ. They try to prevent him from going into a place. He said, I'm not. I'm ready. If that's the will of the Lord for me, then so be it. You know, so, and I'm not trying to get a little, I want you, I'm not saying accept service. I'm not telling you to accept pain and I'm not, sickness and, and law. I'm not telling you to accept that and just walk through life. I'm saying fight. Fight with everything you got. But in the midst of it, don't close your heart to God. I'm saying accept God. Don't accept the circumstances. But right now, I just feel like right now we should just reopen our hearts to the Lord because man I just feel like the, the world's kind of come at us pretty hard and you know you want to take so much the heart can only take so much before it just closes off the last one we want to close off to is the Lord so I just want you to right now close your eyes and bow your heads for me and just right where you are maybe you have felt the weight of the things against yourselves Maybe right now you say, hey, Pastor Jody, man, I, brother, I feel it. Like, I'm one of those people that I'm surprised I haven't lost it yet. I, I just feel like everything is coming against me. I feel like I got too much on me. I feel like there's just way, way too much right now. And I don't really know how to handle it. And I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. I'm afraid I'm going to go off on somebody. I'm afraid I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say something I regret. I'm going to be a bad example in front of people. If that's where you're at right now, here's what I just love with your eyes closed right where you are 
the Lord already knows that and the Lord already sees that. He understands your humanity. You are not Jesus Christ. He never called you to be Jesus Christ. He called you to be his son and his daughter. And he asks you to let his spirit rule and reign in our hearts. And so right now where you are, I'm going to pray for you. And if you feel like, man, I feel like my heart has been closed. I just want you in your own way, just right there before the Lord. I'm not going to make you come down front. I'm just going to ask you to just take this moment and just ask the Lord to open your heart again. So I'm going to pray for you. And as I'm praying, just you just turn your heart to God right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I just come to you right now and I thank you for our church. I thank you for the people in this room and I thank you for every person watching online right now. Lord, I thank you that you've been with us throughout this season. I thank you, Lord, that you've always been with us. You've never left us, never forsaken us. You've never left us alone. God, that even though there are seasons we go through that we feel like we're alone, we feel like we've been left. I thank you, Lord, your word declares that you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. You said you'd never leave us as orphans, but you would send the comforter to be with us always, even to the ends of the earth. And I just thank you, Lord, right now that we know from your word you're with us. But God, there are times when things come against us and we do feel overwhelmed. If we were honest, everyone in this room at some point gets overwhelmed. So Lord, right now we're asking you to just open up our hearts again to you. Lord, may we just come back to you again and surrender in a way that we did when we first knew you. And pray those ridiculous, crazy prayers. God, whatever you want to do, I'm open. I'm open, Lord. Whatever that means, God, whatever that is, I'm just praying it. Lord, I'm open. Do a work in me, through my family, through our city, through our church, God. We just say, Lord, today we just open up our hearts to you afresh and anew and say, God, fill us with your spirit and God, just speak a word to us. Give us those directions and give us what you want. But God, we surrender to you more than we do to what's coming around this world. We refuse to be directed by this world. We just trust in you, Lord. We trust in you today. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, with your eyes closed just right now, I'm gonna pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, you never accepted Christ as your Savior, then I'd love for you to pray this prayer with me. This whole church will pray with you right now, but just pray this out loud with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I ask you, Lord, to save me, to forgive me, and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Would you give him a hand, please? <clears throat> you prayed that prayer online, watching at home, wherever you might be. And we're so proud of you. We'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. And I'll tell you, there's a difference between salvation, which is what you just prayed, and discipleship, which is what God calls us to through Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Christ. It's a very different than being born again. You can be born again and not a disciple of Christ, but God calls us to transition from salvation to a disciple. A disciple's different. We're talking about it more throughout this year, but but if you pray that prayer, we'll love to help you get started walking with God to become a disciple. So you can go to connect.cornerstonerome.com. We'd love to help you out with that. Just let us know you prayed that prayer. We'll send you some materials, help you in any way we possibly can get started walking with God. Well, before we go today, we'd love to speak this over you as a church. If you don't mind, stand to your feet. I know the rain's coming and going. You can always tell it in here. 
little mist and a little rain and whatever else, you know. But uh, hey, before you go, we'd love to speak this of you. This is found in Numbers uh, chapter 6, verse 24. And um, I, I do this out of the New King James. People ask, why don't you do these a newer uh, version? Some of those newer ones, they read a little different. And um, this one just, the way it declares, it just, um, the words mean something a little bit different. Okay? So anyway, just want you to know that. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you his peace in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.